1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: I think to me,
1: as a three, as like a complimentary receiver, I would love to have a guy
3: like a Gabe Davis who can stretch the field vertically and can win down the field. The problem is when he is lining up as your every down, like number two receiver, there is a limitation there that's hard to get around, especially when teams are trying to take away your number one and Stephon Diggs. And prior to this year, where they got a lot out of Kincaid and again, late in the year, they got a lot out of Khalil Shakir. You don't really necessarily have those other threats there as well. That's Matt Harmon of Reception Perception as we approach free agency. we got the Combine a week from tomorrow begins. So Combine, I'm looking at defensive lineman drills a week from tomorrow. And uh, free agency, legal tampering period. We're in the franchise window. Good morning. Jeremy White with you. Joe's out today. Josh Schmidt producing. To the Western Hotline we go for Chris Trapasso, who we talk to every uh, couple weeks. Chris, good morning.
2: Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having me.
3: You're going to tell us all about Chop Robinson. I've learned about Chop Robinson. I saw a mock draft. I think it was Daniel Jeremiah, NFL.com, had Chop Robinson to the Bills at 28. But this this is a defensive end idea. And, you know, Chris, we can dig into a lot of different defensive ideas. But this is a player that you have very highly rated on your big board. And to me, that's going to be a theme of defensive draft picks because the first round as a whole is so offensive heavy that you're going to get highly rated defensive players much later than you might normally do so.
2: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean, there's not those two or three top half of the first round or top 20 linebackers. There might be maybe two defensive tackles who will go in the first round Um, corner and safety are pretty good, but you usually have those other defensive positions in the first round. And you're right. It is very um, offensive, heavy receiver, quarterback, offensive tackle that we're going to see in this draft. So there is a scenario, and I think it's important to talk about it, where four, five, maybe even six receivers either go off the board in front of the Bills, or if the Bills do tr- try to trade up for a wide receiver, they can't ultimately strike a deal, and maybe defense makes more sense and then attack wide receiver in the second round.
3: I thought it was interesting what you wrote up about Chop Robinson, defensive end Penn State, that he wins fast, and you know this is a, this is a good point to make about defensive ends these drafts Chris they don't happen in a vacuum you're thinking about contract value what you can get uh the board how many how many there are available but i like what you wrote about the the idea that maybe with quarterbacks changing the way that they play that different traits are now more valuable with defensive linemen and what what did you mean by that
2: yeah that chop robinson is like you're kind of i don't want to say he's the next von miller but he is a like smaller outside speed rusher who, when he wins, it is in under two and a half seconds. And you talk about it all the time on your show that quarterbacks are just getting the ball out so quickly today. And I think a a slight uh, reason that the bills kind of missed or definitely missed on Boogie Basham and have gotten good returns on Gregory Rousseau, but I don't think he's become this, you know, clear number one that that offensive lines have to game plan for because when he's winning, it's just taking a little bit too long, and a quarterback can maybe get the ball out right as he's starting to generate his pressure. With Chop Robinson, it is explosive uh, burst, bend around the corner, that dipping ability that you either have or you don't have, and certainly Von Miller had that in spades in his prime, that guys like Gregory Rousseau and Boogie Basham and A.J. Finessa just don't have. So he's someone that for as much as I'm on the wide receiver train like you are, if, that's, if the board fell a certain way, like we're seeing so many offensive players going in front of the Bills, and they were like, look, we want someone that has – and I think Chop Robinson is going to test through the roof at the Combine. The Penn State guys always do. and He looks super explosive on film. They're like, look, we also have a need at edge. It's not as big as wide receiver, but we like the depth at wide receiver. Chop Robinson, among all these guys, would be the one that I would like the most because, again – he fits how you counter today's you know quick passing offenses of the Kansas City Chiefs and a lot of others.
3: There's a couple other names I've seen pop from a defensive line standpoint. You know, like you said, we talk a lot about receiver, but doing our due diligence, eating my vegetables here. Uh, Tavondre <laughs> Sweat is a defensive tackle I've seen quite a bit. I don't know how high he ultimately goes, but that he's I don't know first round talent that could be someone that that, that slides. I mean, when it, when it comes to guys that are. Uh, run the card up, right? It's 28, the board has fallen a certain way. Is he on that list? Who else is is there with you for like Chop Robinson that would be a good enough defensive prospect where even if you are a wide receiver-centric person that you can't turn down... How how many different guys are on that list?
2: Okay, yeah. So to me, Tavondre Sweat is not on that list. I have seen him around the internet too because he kind of is the most classic Big body nose tackle who did show a little bit of pass rush ability in 2023, and I think you see Ed Oliver. He signs the contract, has a great year. The Bills now, during the Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott era, have this long history of they like that big body next to Ed Oliver. Now there's two defensive tackles, Byron Murphy and Zerjon Newton, uh, who are more Ed Oliver types. I don't think they would go in that direction you could convince me that, hey, they just want pass rushers inside, and I would be okay with either one of those two. It would be a little bit different from their philosophy up front. Devondre Sweat, though, is like 6'4", 360. Uh, I don't know if he has a conditioning problem or Texas just wanted to keep him fresh, but they had him off the field a lot, even on third down. He didn't play every snap. To me, he would be more of a day or To me, even an early day three pick. I just don't value those run stoppers very highly in the draft. You mentioned it earlier. My big board is very centric on position value. Like I, I can grade these guys, and I'm going to get guys wrong, get guys right, but what I really try to do and, and be good with is quarterbacks are high. They get elevated up. Running backs yeah. get pushed down. Safeties get pushed down a little bit. It's edge rushers. It's receivers. It's offensive tackles. Um, safeties may be a little bit higher because they're doing a lot of different things, but the two down run stoppers I just don't think are very that valuable, even if you're a team like the Bills that's in a situation that definitely needs bodies at that specific kind of nose tackle position.
3: Chris Trapasso on the Western Hotline. Darius Robinson he was big a riser at the senior bowl senior bowl is one place for guys to rise of course the combine will be next and I know with 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 Darius Robinson on Missouri I saw Brett Coleman refer to the profile he has as again comps can be tough but Brett Coleman referred to him as the J.J. Watt profile
2: oh um (laughs) I I didn't quite see that but I I understand why Brett said that because Darius Robinson is similarly sized to J.J. Watt when he came out of Wisconsin in 2011, he's like almost 6'6", between 280 and 290. He looks, he's that, you know, the first guy off the bus type player. Um, plays inside, outside. He, he more fits the profile of what the Bills have liked at that defensive end spot with the Boogie Basham and the, and the Rousseau and the Epinesa. Like bigger, stronger, sets a good edge. I think he's even a little bit more advanced than Epinesa and Basham were when they were coming out of their schools respectively the last couple of years. The pass rush moves are there. I think he's a very good athlete. Epinesa didn't pass very well at the combine. Basham was a pretty good athlete, but didn't have that explosion that you like to see. Um, I guess I didn't answer your question earlier. There's only like two or three guys, Chop Robinson, Cameron Kinchins, who's a safety from Miami on the defensive side, that, again, the board would have to fall in a specific way where you would be in a position where I would say, okay, yeah, you know, run that pickup. He's a defensive guy. You want offense, but those would make sense. There's not too many, like you were kind of referencing earlier, in the first round that I think are, oh, my God, the Bills have to pick that guy.
3: One thing, Chris Trapasso joining us, NFL Draft and Young Player Analyst for CBS Sports, uh, also at scoutinggradebook.com if you want to build your own big boards. Chris, when it comes to... The defensive end position. Of course, the draft happens after free agency, and mm-hmm. maybe the Bills are not as desperate at end if they decide to keep AJ Epinesa. Was there enough from Epinesa in his little stint here to warrant you think bringing him back on a bit of a bargain deal? I don't see many people expecting him to get too much, and he'd started to flash a little bit. What, what, what's your feeling on Epinesa as a as a keeper?
2: That's a great question. I would say like so. I'll word it like this. To me, I thought at the end of the season, Gabe Davis was not someone that the Bills should even offer a contract. I don't know how often that happens, like in free agency. Like, do teams just say, hey, like, we're just going to offer all of our outgoing free agents at least something just as a sign of respect? But to me, I would say, all right, Gabe Davis, you are gone. You're not on the team. Epinesa, I think what you just referenced, he played well enough and missed some time, but has mostly been pretty durable. Good run defender at times can be a decent pass rusher. Um, obviously, all the batted passes at the line are kind of an extra bonus to his profile, where, yes, I think the Bills would say, look, we don't have a lot of money, but we do want to bring you back on a cheaper deal is to kind of play in that Shaq Lawson role, to be the Bills' defensive number, or end number four or five, to kind of rotate in. I, he's someone where if the Bills signed him relatively soon or at the start of free agency, that would make sense to me because, again, Sean McDermott does rotate up front on the defensive line, as much as any coach in the league.
3: Chris Trapasso on the Western Hotline. You mentioned a safety. There could be one guy there in the first round that might be.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s. It's over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.
1: Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: The right fit. that That's a position that has also, as we're talking about changes, right, how defensive ends have changed. Safety is another position that has changed, especially if you have guys that are, Adaptable, and that's something that the Bills, of course, have shown a a big interest in, the Micah Hyde-Jordan-Poyer era, the way that McDermott Mm -hmm. was able to use them. Uh, Who are the safeties that fit the Bills' kind of idea of a safety?
2: Yeah, that's good to bring that up because of, obviously, Poyer and Hyde's age. Um, To me, Cameron Kenshin's from Miami, and I think you have to add in the fact that they hired The University of Miami's secondary coach uh, Jamil Adai just a few weeks ago so he has a very intimate knowledge of Cameron Kitchens he fits as truly someone who kind of looks like Jordan Poyer he's like 5'11 over 200 pounds so he's that bigger bodied safety but mostly was that ball hawking free safety he had 11 interceptions over the last two seasons On what otherwise was not a very good Miami defense. The athleticism is through the roof. I think he's going to test. I don't think he's going to test amazingly in run 4 3 with a 42 inch vertical, but I think he'll test well enough to cement himself as a first rounder. I I have him right on the edge of my first round in my big board right now and just did a lot of different things. And I think that's important that, like you're saying, that safety has changed. It certainly in Buffalo kind of started where Poyer was the free safety or, or was the strong safety, Hyde was the free safety and it's like they there was so much interchanging between those two that it wasn't always Poyer at, at the strong safety spot with Cameron Kitchens um, and one other named Tyler Newbin get to know that name from Minnesota but certainly a, a free safety only type guy right now but was ultra productive he's a little bit older um, and I think could come in and be and have kind of a higher four which it does seem like the Bills like to aim for with a few of those early picks, but Kenchins is one. Board falls a certain way. They're there at twenty nine. Chop Robinson's gone. You could convince me because the position seems like it's not important, but I I think almost that it's grown in importance the last yeah. few years. Like you said, based on how many different things the safety has to do on Sundays.
3: And it's been and it's been important to to the Bills. I mean, it's been part of the backbone sure. backbone of their defense. All right, so mm-hmm. combine next week. Uh, we'll get our you know our required wide receiver train conversations. Uh, you know, I kind of want to ask it this way. Who should Bills fans root against at the Combine? Because the Combine can be a spot where, you know, you like a guy, and then he performs too well, and now you can't <laughs> get him anymore. And there's also, you know, the, the flip side, it's not always first-round picks. There's the famous video of Brandon Bean hoping yeah. Gabe Davis runs a slow 40 because he likes Davis, and he doesn't want too much attention on Davis for being too fast, which, of course, we we saw he had good speed with the Bills. So, um. Who do you think has the the most to gain slash lose from a receiver standpoint at the combine? How could the board move when they ultimately get to their workouts?
2: Well, the guy that we've talked about a lot, and I'm sure you've had other guests uh, discuss him, Troy Franklin from Oregon, and here's why: because he's listed at like six three and like under 190 pounds, so that is like sprinter body type. If Troy Franklin like that, could be the guy where the Bills are like, oh, please do not run four, three, two, or something crazy. Because at that point, and we've talked about it a lot, that the Combine really helps you slot in where guys will go in the draft. You can look at it historically. If Troy Franklin runs sub-4-4 four, four, and has, say, a 38-inch vertical... Then
3: the Raiders are definitely going to take him, right? Because... <laughs> yeah, the Raiders are going to take him. <laughs> they always take the, the fast guy. For the first
2: round. Yeah, for sure. But he's not going to be there at 28. So that's the guy that I think checks both of your boxes where he would bring more explosive plays to the Bills offense. And he has the flexibility, the route running skills, the contested catch flashes to eventually be a wide receiver one in the offense. That's been a great point by you during this wide receiver train talk that that is important. That second element matters a lot. So Troy Franklin would be the one in the first round um, that I think would probably be where the Bills are hoping. He just, test well because they don't want him to be a, you know, a terrible athlete, but not to run too fast. Um, The other name in second round, um, how about Jermaine Burton? He's one that I like maybe just more so for the vertical ability. I don't know if in two years he's a hundred catch guy and can be a wide receiver one. Although I do think you have to factor in how much can Josh Allen make a wide receiver better? I think it can be a lot. I don't think you need the perfect wide receiver in this draft class to get good production out of him because of the quarterback you have. Jermaine Burton started at Georgia, transfers to Alabama, and is another one who looks extremely fast, showed some good leaping ability on film. He would be one that I think you would root against as maybe a second or a third-round guy if the Bills do go defense in round one, that you don't want him to test particularly fast and get him you know, out of that range at pick 60 that the Bills have in the second round.
3: And finally, Chris, before we let you go, Chris Trapasso, I mean, we'll talk again, so I've got more questions, but we'll get to those later. The one I want to get to is your your pre combine big board at com. You are one of the, you're not alone, I don't think you're alone, but you're definitely in the minority with wide receiver one, and that being Malik Neighbors. So why is it that you have Neighbors ahead of Marvin Harrison Jr. on your big board?
2: Yeah, it's good that I can address this because it is, I don't want to say controversial, but it it was a little surprising. And there have been a few other draft analysts that that kind of feel the same. It really just goes on. It's because of what I value. And to me yards after the catch, I've said it on this station a million times, the bills got a little better in that regard. There's certainly room for improvement. The chiefs and the 49ers have been the best at yards after the catch last five to seven years. Malik neighbors is better after the catch than Marvin Harrison. I think the biggest Ohio state fan, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. would say, yeah, that guy, Malik Neighbors, is more explosive than me after the catch. When it comes to, if you love very intricate route running and being able to play on the perimeter against press coverage, run every route in the route tree, that's Marvin Harrison Jr. I have them at number three and number four overall right now um, on my big board. The combine probably will change a lot or could change a lot. But with Malik Nabors, he is a catch a slant, and go 70 yards while making three guys mess. That's not really what Harrison Jr. does. He's a great athlete. He's big. He gets down the field. He tracks it well. But he's not going to be a big yards-after-the-catch guy in the NFL. He kind of reminds me of like a lighter version of Julio Jones, who actually certainly had games where he was great after the catch. But with him, it's just he will hit big plays because of how fast he is. Neighbors is stop-and-start ability, contact balance, Kind of in that Brandon IU to Jamar Chase type mold, just can give you more after the catch with the ball in his hands.
3: And I actually thought of one more: Is there anything you know, Chris? Sometimes it works where you've got, I mean, two first round receivers on the same offense in LSU, Malik Nabors and mm-hmm. Brian, Brian Thomas Jr. You know, if you're if you're watching one and then the other pops. You know, is there any concern about Brian Thomas Jr. being, you know, sometimes you'll have it this way, the second best receiver on his own team? He, was, he wasn't he was being paid as much attention to because of Malik Neighbors. I, I don't know if you feel that way. On Brian Thomas Jr., I mentioned earlier today, Like, there's some that like him as a fit for the Bills in the first round idea. He's not sure. in that big three. Maybe he slides into the area where the Bills are. Maybe they have to move up. He looks to me like a guy that is, would it be wrong to say Gabe Davis plus? I mean, he's got a lot of the vertical ability, and a lot of his touchdowns were down the field on vertical routes, but maybe more of a complete game overall?
2: Yeah, it would be a pretty seamless transition if they're just like, all right, we need another Gabe Davis-type player in this offense who's a little more consistent, younger, cheaper. That would probably be Brian Thomas. The one thing I will say, and it's kind of what I was mentioning with neighbors, that in terms of after the catchability, the wiggle, the, the suddenness, short area quickness, be able to bounce off tacklers. We did not see that from Gabe Davis. And that was a big gripe that I had with him, that when he was creating big plays, it was catching the ball and just running away from people, being a long strider, which you kind of hear a lot during draft season. Brian Thomas, I think he's probably going to test similarly to Gabe Davis, but he can catch a 20-yard dig route over the middle and have the safety hit him and then stay on his feet and then stiff arm someone and then run another 15 yards. So he would be that Gabe Davis plus guy because you're right, a lot of the strengths of his game outside of the yards after the catch is just tracking the football like a center fielder down the field.
3: Chris Trapasso on the Western Hotline. Chris, thanks again. We'll be uh, tracking everything through the combine and, uh, you know, enjoy it. We'll talk in a couple of weeks, I'm sure.
2: All right, Jeremy, thanks a lot.
3: Thanks, Chris. Chris Trapaso on the Western Hotline. Eight oh three oh five fifty on defensive ends, defensive line, safety. Look at that. See? He we can do more than just receiver. Josh, I can do I I, I talk about other players. You're showing your your versatility, yes. the ability to be a utility player. I'm I'm like I'm an I'm like a onion. I have layers here. You know? We can talk about safeties. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Uh Tim, if you're on Tim, if you can hang with us when we get back. We'll get to your call. And open phone lines for you as well. Some good stuff there from Chris Trapasso. Interesting to see Malik Neighbors ahead of Marvin Harrison Jr. on his board. It reminds me of the year that Ricky Williams was, you know, the the whole draft trade for Ricky Williams. And he was the second running back off the board because Edger and James was the surprising, oh, wow, that guy went first. And also happened with... Bryant McKinney and Mike Williams. McKinney was supposed to be the guy. And then, like, actually, he's the second guy off the board. Mike Williams goes first. And that didn't really work out too well for the Bills. 803-0550, 550 2550 To your calls on your favorite idea for the Bills in this draft. Combine next week. You know, we're rolling here on WGR.